my father-in-law said this. He said that no matter what business you build, you need to have moments of delight. So whatever that might be, it might be something very um, intangible. So the same way hotels put like a chocolate on your pillow, you know? So those moments of like delightful moments, and these are the things that people will resonate with. And these are the things that people will come back for. to the Kettle Number Podcast. I'm your host, business mentor and personal brand strategist on a mission to inspire a minimum of five people a day to take action, do something different and show up as the best person that they aspire to be. Are you one of my five a day? Keep all your messages coming. Let me know on Instagram at Kelly Lundberg Official and let me know what you've been inspired by. Was it something on this episode? Keep them coming. It makes my day and it makes my guest day knowing that it has had such an impact. Thank you in advance for being one of my five a day. If you haven't already, drop a review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews help secure even more guests to come on the show and it just takes a couple of minutes. Tell me which episode you like and it just draws more attention and more credibility. In this week's episode, Nikita Patel is the co-founder of the Bureau Business Centre, a co-working space here in Dubai designed by women for women, catering to all different working styles. It's somewhere where I went for the opening and I go regularly with my clients and on my own to work from just a really inspiring environment. Um, Nikita sort of founded this alongside her sister and this came from an opportunity that she found when she was working in a co-working space in Boston. It really helped her find her tribe and match her vibe. So with her sister Ria, who's drawn her inspiration from working in unique workplaces and strong female leadership, they've combined it to really build this authentic work culture and a community in the workplace. They're lovers of lifelong learning and the third and only female generation of their family business and most recently business partners. So They've been born and raised in the ever-evolving city in Dubai, and they were really just so passionate about designing beautiful workspaces which inspire women. And I'm one of those women. So let's get into the episode. Welcome to the show, Nikita. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Kelly. You're the best. We're so excited to be here. (laughs) You're the best. Straight in there with a compliment. I love it. It's true. We've chatted so many times. We've um, been on the same panel before. And then you recently launched your business here in Dubai. And I'd love for you to tell everyone what it is. Yeah. So the Bureau is um, our newest baby. Um, Me and my sister are co-founders, as you know. And the Bureau is a female-focused co-working space, Mm -hmm. but it's I feel so much more than a co-working space. So in addition to work solutions, we also have a cafe, we have meeting rooms, we have events areas, and also a fitness studio, all kind of housed under one space. And and that's why I wanted to bring you in to talk about it, because I came to the launch a few months ago and I was just, it was just amazing. Like to be somewhere as a business owner who's been in the Middle East for over 20 years to go, this is a space that I would love to work in. So tell Mm. me, where did the idea come from? Because there's a couple of these sort of co-working spaces, but nothing quite like what you've delivered and to be honest in the location because it's pretty Mm. central so maybe take a few steps back how did it all come about yeah so I think if you rewind to pre-pandemic so around 2017 18 Mm -hmm. I was living in Boston and um, someone invited me to a female focused co-working space and I at the time had no idea what that meant and you know I showed up very excited and you know, just remember walking in and that feeling of 
just feeling that this is right. Like this is amazing that the space exists, that the, the space was functional, but also like beautiful and like inspiring as well. And at the same time, it was amazing to see so many different individuals, especially majority women kind of working in this environment, being productive, supporting each other. And so that's when the seed for me kind of, you know, was uh, planted. And then fast forward five years. So the pandemic obviously happened. Um, my sister was in business school in the UK and she moved back to Dubai. And we thought, you know, we always wanted to start a business together. And we realized that firstly, we missed having companionship at work. So we missed that like social structure. We missed, mm -hmm. you know, being in an environment where women are professionally developing and supporting each other. But then we also, you know, we would go to various spaces in Dubai, whether it was cafes, whether it was co-working spaces, and we weren't excited to go back to any one of these places, you know, either they were impractical or they were too far. And so many of our peers, professional peers, but also friends had kind of those that were working at corporates, those that had, you know, small companies, entrepreneurs, they had kind of also shifted a little bit. So some of them kind of had a total remote model where they were working, you know, from home or from cafes. Yeah. Some were just um, working from home, trying to work from home, but had like a spouse or like a puppy or something. So it just wasn't possible. Some had a, a hybrid model, you know, so they were looking for somewhere to go for those one or two days a week. Mm. So we just thought, why not now, now that work styles have changed so much. And I think in terms of the actual location, we were very particular. So we wanted to make sure it was in an area where there wasn't that much traffic, which now is like very difficult to find in Dubai. It's kind of non-existent, but you did, yeah. you did really well. <laughs> so easy access. And then we wanted a, a location, a building that was not a high rise so that you could kind of just park your car or come from the metro and just walk right in rather than having to like wait in an elevator. So, you know, with like 100 people, by the time you reach the office, you're flustered, you know. So from that perspective, we wanted a very seamless experience mm -hmm. in terms of the location. And then the second thing that was really important is a lot of natural light, you know. Oh, yeah. So um, for us, that was so key in terms of finding a space that was inspiring, but that also helps with productivity a lot yeah. as well. You so know? that must have narrowed down the search quite significantly. And for those that don't know where the bureau is, it's in the Golden Diamond Park. So it's right next to a metro station. It's pretty, I'd probably say it's pretty central in terms of Dubai. You're right next to all of the Emirates. It's not in the, necessarily in the hustle of downtown Dubai and the traffic and the chaos that's going on there, but it's equally not in the marina at the other end. Like it is perfectly It seems positioned. like it's kind of in the middle. <laughs> it really does. And then you can just come straight off Sheikh Zayed Road and you, and you come into it. Yeah. And the things that you're talking about is so true. Like it's easy. You park your car, you go in. Yeah. No, no, no elevators and what have you. Mm. But the natural light is really what makes it. And I think that's something when you walk into the space, whenever I bought my clients in and we've worked out of there, which we do on a sort of monthly basis, people always go, what a nice vibe. Yeah, it has good energy. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah. Maybe it's just all the women that are kind of crossing paths. Now, now yeah. that, that focus that you have on women, it doesn't mean you exclude men because men come in and work out of there. Yeah, um, that's true. It's not a female only space. It's a female focused space. What that means is that it's just been designed with women's needs in mind, you know. So a prime example is that we have a pumping room for new mothers yeah. so that, um, you know, when especially when when new mothers are returning back to the workplace, they have a sense of comfort that, you know, when they do have to feed their child or when they do want to pump, they don't have to go back home or cut their workday short, yeah. you know. 
So just even with our events, you know, professional development for women as well and tackling and discussing issues that are pertinent and important to women. Mm. But yeah. men are allowed. Everyone yes. <laughs> it's it. inclusive. Yeah. Everyone's welcome. <laughs> and you have your you've got a little podcasting studio in yeah. there you have your your rooms what are they called cabins for calls so have they got a they have like phone booths and yeah phone yeah. Booths. They're, yeah they're yeah. silent phone booths so you can just pop in for like a quick zoom call or private phone call yeah. you and know a number of my clients have used it as a, a space as well to host events which yeah. i think that was something when we've talked about it you've been quite surprised at the uptake on actually people wanting to use it for workshops yeah. and um you know, masterclasses and events. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been, that's something that's really surprised us is how popular the Bureau's been for events. So not just for our own events, just everyone from different walks of life. So we had corporates doing their, um, you know, offsites. We've mm-hmm. had people, brands hosting pop-ups, you mm-hmm. know, um, we have currently like a charity hosting an event there. So it's the whole range. And yeah. that that's really kind of been interesting to see mm-hmm. um, and I think the number one reason people give is that they're just sick of hotel ballrooms you know so they want an inspiring place that um, you know is not as expensive that's you know affordable but then also you get that quality and it's also th- like you said it's a fresh space you yeah. know people are always looking for new spaces to do things yeah. you know um, so that's been like honestly very surprising for us but in a, in a good way yeah so a little bit about the journey of you doing it because it's all loads of people have ideas and I'm sure there's other people that have gone yeah we should definitely do this but post-covid with maybe I know that you saw the gap in the market in the sense of going well people have got hybrid models or they're not going to the office but also maybe people don't want to quit what made you so sure that this was going to work and the timing was right I think um so Ria and I we both had you know a personal need both of us as well but then also what we did is what we realized is you know, we said initially, oh, we're the, you know, ideal target market. We are women. We know what women want. And I think what we realized in the process is even though we're women, like we don't want to assume this is what all women want. So what we did is that we did a lot of folks groups. So we met, I think, hundreds of, you know, different women of different ages, different ethnicities, different walks of life, different stages of life as well, just to understand, like, what are the needs out there and to kind of hone in on what are the needs that we can address, Mm -hmm. you know? And so um, just through those conversations, we really got to understand some of the things that we initially thought were confirmed. And then a few of the things that me, we thought necessarily, you know, we must provide X, Y, Z. Um, we realized maybe there isn't as much of a need, you know. So initially in the initial plan, there was a salon, you know, as part of the space. But I um, love that idea. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, through our focus groups, we actually kind of realized that everyone has their fixed spaces. It's so true, though, yeah. And so um, although people might like the idea of it being there. Yeah. It might not be necessarily something people use, you yeah, know? Yeah, because you know who goes and gets your nail. You, you got your nail, your girl who does the nails yeah, and the hair. And- yeah, exactly. So that's just one example. Even like, you know, we got asked like, should we have um, a, kind of a crush, you know, area for, for children? So we actually did a focus group specifically with mothers just to understand their perspective. And surprisingly, the feedback we got from, you know, various uh, focus groups is that actually the the mothers wanted the space without the children, you know, mm-hmm. so they wanted a space they could go where, you know, because they have, you know, support here in the UAE, that they could just go for a few hours to actually be, you know, wholly productive and have that focused time. And out, you know? of, out of home and, and yeah, out of the house as well. So that was interesting to learn as well, you know. Yeah. So I think after all these conversations, we it really gave us a lot of insight. 
And then we just, I think you don't 100% know till you start, but that gave us the confidence we needed to take that leap. <laughs> so how long was it from uh, like idea or discussion focus group to actually the launch day? Uh, two years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. in theory, because considering you had to do the fit out as well and yeah. these kind of things, so it, it's not, that's not a huge amount of time. Yeah. So basically the fit out took a year. Okay. So um, the contractors obviously told us three, four months. I was going but, to ask you, but how long did you <laughs> what, think it would? What we, what we learned as a rule of thumb, thumb at least over here, is that whatever uh, timeline contractors give you, just <laughs> double it internally. So you know yourself and you can plan accordingly, yeah. you know? I so, think budgets um, go the same with that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so um, basically, uh, we, we started ideating in January 2021 and mm -hmm. we launched in January 2023. And it from between ideation and actually starting in terms of the fit out, the approvals and all of that, it was a year and then mm -hmm. another year to actually get all those approvals and then um, finish all the work to completion it's as the well. the approvals that can be the challenge. Yeah, so we, we naively well. said, you know, we'll build two me partial mezzanines, you know, it won't be any issue. And little did we know that the amount of approvals, you know, that we actually required. But I think it's good that we were naive about it because if we had known what we know now, we wouldn't have done it. Oh, completely. <laughs> I mean, I say that as well. I'm glad when I started my business at yeah. 24, I was as naive as I was yeah. because you might not, not consider it. Yeah. I just wanted to go back and ask a little bit more. So I think that's really interesting, the whole focus group, because I think people mm. that are watching and listening going, okay, maybe I should do a focus group to see if my business ideas got legs. What would you say to someone? Like, how would they go around or how did you go around setting it up? And, and what advice would you have for that? Yeah. So the first focus group we had, it was actually all people that we knew. Okay. So it was people that we had handpicked. We were a group of, I think, 12 to 15 mm -hmm. and people that we had handpicked who we, me and Ria, we trusted their opinion. So um, they were, again, different stages of life, different expertise, different industries as well. Yeah. Some were professionals, some were entrepreneurs. And we had, you know, a very structured list of questions and information that we wanted from them. And we knew that these were people that would give us honest answers. They're not people that are trying to please us or whatever it is. So and I guess you had to be really clear about that. In the yeah, beginning. exactly. Yeah. So we, we set kind of the ground rules from the beginning, even when we met saying that, you know, firstly, thank you so much for like volunteering your time, but we really want your honest opinion and honest feedback. That was really helpful because it set the, you know, the bar really high in terms of like the the openness that we wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, people just recommended other people. And it was a lot of word of mouth through there, oh, nice. you know, which was really nice. And I think people were excited about the idea and they wanted to be involved somehow. And actually, I, I remember something else. Even before that, Ria and I, we used to host these sessions called business therapy. And it was, uh, it was online Zoom sessions with around 10 to 12 women. And it was kind of a needs and leads session. So everyone in the group, so people would sign up. We circulated this link, people would sign up and they would support the group with, you know, suggestions they had. And then you say, as a business owner, you would come in and say, you know, this is my business and I need help in on these three points, you know, and the group would support in that sense. So we kind of started building that database from there mm. before even dropping the name of the bureau, you uh, know. And how did the name come about? So uh, it's an interesting, uh, it was an interesting journey coming to the name. So again, we were very specific on the criteria we wanted. So we wanted it to be a single word. So um, nothing too long in mm -hmm. the sense that it should be memorable. And we wanted it to be something that wasn't necessarily 
specific to the region you know because the plan is to expand not just regionally but globally so something that resonates all over the world and something that gives a reference to work to you know a workplace um so the bureau in french's office (laughs) and then uh you know the, the last is um when you think of the word bureau it kind of the, the the image that comes to ha- mind is kind of like a madman type, you know, a room with like a control room type thing, and you know, all ma- all male environment. So it's kind of a play on that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, I always love to find where the whole brand yeah. or the brand name kind of came from yeah. and the foundations for it. What have been some of the challenges you've talked about? You know the 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 fit out and how mm. long it took, and I want to get to the exciting part of going like so the marketing bits and what's worked really well. Is there any other challenges that you want to share that has has been um, tough, shall we say, in business? Yeah. So I think the biggest challenge for us so far has just been kind of you know areas of the business and areas of the bureau that we thought would be like particular particularly popular kind of benchmarking that against like the reality of whether they've been popular or not. So for us, just constantly being like flexible in a sense, you know, so like yeah. a certain on our one of the me- going back to the mezzanines, one of the mezzanines we built was a silent area. And so we um, we anticipated people would love the quietness of it and, you know, being, you know, in a calm environment that you can just focus and nobody uses that area, <laughs> you know. And so it's just been interesting that, you know, people actually want to be in the thick of it, yeah. you know, in the middle and on the ground floor amongst others. So I think just like small things like that, just being like very adaptable mm-hmm. in a sense, um, being very flexible and even our space, we've moved it around so much. So we had a meeting room and we've had such an uptake in offices that we converted one to an office, you know. So I think just that being flexible has been kind of a bit challenging, but it, in, in a way that's important. That's important to, to be and successful. The early starts yeah. Well. I think it's, we can't be fixed, you know, yeah. in, in that sense. And I think also it's with anything customer facing, like that, that's always challenging, you know, yeah. because we're, de- you're dealing with people at the end of the day. So for us, just ensuring that we give that like consistency of experience to everyone and giving like my, actually my father-in-law said this, he said that no matter what business you build, you need to have moments of delight. So whatever that might be, it might be something very um, intangible. So the same way hotels put like a chocolate on your pillow, you know. So those moments of like delightful moments. And these are the things that people will resonate with. And these are the things that people will come back for, you know. What are some of those things that you're trying to do within the bureau then that are your moments of delight? Yeah. So just being very thoughtful in a sense. So like for Valentine's Day, we wrote everyone handwritten notes. So hundreds of handwritten notes were were sent. So I think people really appreciated that. Just knowing every single member by face and name, I think is so important. Another thing is, I think a reason that people join a space like this that they might not even know is to be like connected to others. And so our community manager, a huge part of her role is connecting different people that she feels like would firstly get along, but then also have some kind of professional synergy as well. So connecting them, introducing them, saying that, you know, I thought of you, I thought you'd, you know, really get along with X, Y, Z. So making those connections as well. And you feel know? like they, they're yeah, part of a family. Exactly. Guess, is what you're trying to exactly. Play. That someone's looking out for you. Yeah. you know? How did you get them in the door in the first place? So what has been maybe some of your best marketing strategies? Because that's always the hardest thing. We have the great idea and then we go to launch and then we're like, right, we just need the people to come in. So yeah. what's worked well for you? So for us, a few strategies. Mm-hmm. Number one, we um, have a class of founding members. So we, there are basically 20 individuals that 
we have selected that firstly would use the space. So they would be like our ideal customer for the space. And secondly, individuals that really would help to promote the the brand, you know. Mm -hmm. And so a, a big part of them being founding members is that they have to they had to nominate five others, you know? Ah. So right off the bat, you have a group of 100 people, you know? So those network effects initially were really important. And then second is um, we had a launch event, which you were part of as well. And um, I think that was really important because for, I think our business model, the things that attracts people is that the second they walk in, just seeing the space, a lot of people have said it's so much like bigger than the pictures or, you know, the pictures don't do justice or we can feel the energy when we come in, you mm-hmm. know. So just getting people into the door is half the battle, you yeah. know. So all these events are really helpful, you know. Yeah. And um, finally, word of mouth. So yeah. we always ask people whenever they come in for a tour, like, how did you hear about us? And they say one of two things. One is, oh, we saw on social media. Or two is so-and-so told me about it and they loved it and they recommended it, you know? So one thing is a recommendation and the second, which is even more powerful, is a very good recommendation (laughs) or reference, you know? Or both, recommendation and via social media as well. And you have to see something, you have to see a brand so many times in order to actually act on it I you know seven to, seven times right something like seven times yeah yeah to actually like get your foot on the door or, you know go on the website even yeah so um, i think all these different channels but the most has been social media and uh, word of mouth for That's sure amazing <laughs> and it is a fabulous space but it's quite interesting you said there about a launch and i was always very clear when i started my very first business i wanted to have a launch party i didn't know people then and it was you know 18 years ago or so um but for me it was so good in so many ways one mentally that I was able to go, you know what, today's the day that I launch my business rather than just kind of, you know, not having the mental thought of it, but it just gives such a focus and a direction to a date and to get other people there to start talking about it. And it's something as a mentor that I say a lot, if you can focus on, even if it's just your friends and you'll start to generate a little bit of a buzz, you're there mentally, it's such a good thing to do. So it worked for you as well. Yeah, and I think the launch event, in a sense, it like you said, it's like a the official start of the business. Totally. So, so yeah. it's a motivator to get a lot of things done before this date. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Or else, what I find, especially with maybe some of my clients that don't have a launch per se, is then they go, "Well, I'll put it off to next month, yeah, and I'll put it off till next month, true. and and they'll just um and they'll wait and see." One of the things that I did want to talk about, and we we've chatted about it in conversation before about WeWork and um the challenges that they faced and. You know, you've seen that. And I I remember writing down something in my research that in a paper that cited their business model um, had been very expensive and they had very little path to profitability. And this was something even since 2015, people talked about that. So how have you tried to make the bureau different so that you don't fall in the same sort of footsteps in that space? Yeah. So um, one of the golden rules that one of uh, my friends who's an investor told me and my sister early on is to follow the rule that your office revenue, your fixed revenue should cover 80 to 100 percent of your fixed costs. So because membership models in general are very fickle, you know, it's hard to attract uh, you know, people to join a membership model and even harder to retain. Mm-hmm. And so just we, we, we followed that completely. So our office uh, revenue covers 100% of our fixed costs. So Amazing. in that sense, um, you have your basis covered. Yeah. And then also 
another thing that we were keen on is, you know, we wanted to have different services in the space, like I said, the cafe and the fitness studio, but we're not experts in running a cafe or a fitness studio, you yeah. know? So we wanted to bring in external, you know, brands and experts who are, you know, established in this field. So we have Jones, the grocer for the cafe and now for the workout studio. Both of them have been in the UAE for, you know, over 10 and years. And quality brands and well-known as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So brands that kind of have their own social capital and brands that we trust as well. So bringing them in to run those aspects of the business. Mm -hmm. So that's been really helpful because otherwise you're doing too many things and, you know, not able to Being do justice to either. Yeah. So for us, a few of these things were, were really important. You yeah. Know? And have you studied much on what they've done? I mean, have you looked at other business models and gone other um, sort of co-working space models and gone, we want to bring this in and we want to do that? Is there any other things that you're like, I'd like to do that in the future? Yeah. So one of the things that was, um, you know, always on our mind since the beginning that we haven't necessarily had the bandwidth to do so far in the two months of the launch, but it's to have um, two things, actually. One is to have a mentorship program. Mm -hmm. And the second is to have an in-house uh, accelerator for startups, you know. Nice. So the mentorship program, it's, you know, both traditional mentorship and reverse mentorship. And we need to put together a proper program or tie up with a partner that, you know, is successful in doing this. Because otherwise, I feel like if you rush into it, you won't add value to anyone, mm -hmm. you know. So that's definitely something that's in the books. And yeah. then the second, which is a bit more medium term, is the accelerator, you yeah. know, and um, that, you know, supporting startups from, you know, ground up, mm -hmm. um, everything from, you know, the, the ideation, the branding to creating the MVP to all the way to actually reaching the point where, you, if, if they do want to gain um, and, you know, vouch for external funding, how to go through that process as well and making those industry connects as well. So that's definitely in the books, but maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> and is another one in Dubai in the books or would you consider elsewhere in the region? Yeah, so definitely. So what we said is that we de we're definitely, we never only wanted to have a single bureau, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, the first one, we wanted to perfect the model and really have, um, you know, reach a stage where we're comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then we're definitely going to look at, um, you know, more in the UAE, um, Saudi, the rest mm -hmm. of the Gulf, uh, India, and also Singapore and, you know, that side of the world as well. Exciting space. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, unfortunately, your sister couldn't be here today. Um, she's a little bit poorly. What's it like working with your sister? What are, what are some of the great things? Is there challenges along the way? I'm sure there is with any partnership. But yeah, what, what's it like? Yeah, so um, it's amazing in the okay. sense that I think it works for us because we're very different. Mm -hmm. So right before we even decided to work together, our mother sat us down and said, you have to make sure that it's family before anything, because we've all seen it go wrong with family businesses, like, yeah. you know, very easily. So she made sure that that was drilled into us. And then what we did is we sat across from each other and we wrote down the skills that we have and the things that we, we want to work on individually on the business. And we switched sheets and we realized there was zero overlap. That's I'm not a great joking. idea to do. Like you, you do that and that and swap yeah, them. It's such a simple thing, yeah. but we realized there was no overlap, which was amazing. <laughs> so I think number one, if you have a strong foundation, that's really important. Yeah. And then second is having complementary skill sets and complementary 
areas of the business that we, we work on. And what we do is we keep reviewing the, the aspects that are our domain, mm-hmm. because as the business changes, the requirements change as well. Absolutely. So we review that on a monthly basis. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, the amazing part. I think initially it, what was cha- more a challenge for me is that to kind of switch from me as the older sister to switch from my familial roles with her as being the bigger sister and her yeah. being the little sister to being equals and partners, yeah. you know. What's um, the age difference between you? Three years. Okay. Yeah, so it's not a lot, but it's... Um, I mean, I'm two and a half years with my sister, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah. You still feel a little bit more that protective I guess yeah. Um, yeah like because we had never worked together and she had only worked in corporate in um, Los Angeles and New York I had never even seen that side of her you know so for me I had to definitely let go a little bit so yeah. just learn to like trust her because otherwise I was like asking her like a million times did you check xyz you know so just kind of letting go in that sense and I think from her side what she's expressed to me is that she and initially she kept asking for validation when she realized actually she was totally confident in herself and she knew what she was doing yeah, yeah exactly it was just us slipping back into the familial roles you know um but then as soon as we kind of acknowledged that and learned to move forward it, it became very smooth you know touch wood yeah, i love that your mom sat you down though and said yeah. if you're going to go into business together and they were there at the your family your parents were there at the launch yeah my you? parents my grandparents my in-laws everyone <laughs> it was lovely to see it was yeah, so so nice yeah, to yeah. see i have another question that i do ask everyone in in the, the killing bird podcast is what's one myth that you've discovered and i know you're fairly new in the the sort of the business space at the moment of that but is there a myth that you're like this is totally not what it looks like on the outside and i always find it quite interesting because social media p- portrays one thing and you know in the careers that i've had over the years there's certainly been a few myths anything that you want to share i think in what we've realized is that in like service-based industries, I think it's important to draw the line and not say yes to everything to also, it's okay to say no, you know, and draw that line because you can't be everything to everyone. I think that's what we're realizing is that we can't, you know, necessarily cater to everyone and we have only so much bandwidth. Uh Um, So that's something initially someone had told us that, you know, in in service-based industries, it's important to like, appease everyone and, and I say think, yes all the time just, especially yeah. when you've just started I think that's what I hear a lot yeah is people say that yeah to say yes all the time and then we've also I mean with any new business I think you get a lot of inbound in terms of like asking for like a lot of free stuff so I think just like drawing the line and of where we can and where we can't you yeah. know <laughs> that, that must be quite hard because if yeah. you're you know you you want to help every. You want to help as many people as you possibly can, but to kind of drawing the line. So, how do you manage to draw the line then? How yeah. do you manage to say no? So, you know, it was really difficult um, in the beginning because, like you said, it, we want to help as many people as possible or support, especially yeah. like female entrepreneurs, businesses. And um, I think what we realized that that uh, actually my parents reminded us of is that you know if you are giving like free space to so and so is you know our landlords imar is imar like reducing your rent are they giving you a discount <laughs> and just remembering that that we're still paying our rent and you know salaries and all of those costs yeah. um that sometimes you know it's just not possible to to give as much as we would like <laughs> yeah it's in, it's a, such an interesting space because i do get asked you know can you come and speak for free here or yeah. can you come and do this and it's like no you know you're earning a salary you know, and I know, well, it's promote your business. Yeah, but there's other ways that you can do that. And I'm afraid, you know, going to Diwa to pay my 
my electricity bill. They're not going to accept a voucher, thanks very much, or a, a dress or something. I need to pay them. And it, it's frustrating sometimes, but you do have to say no. And then it becomes quite empowering, actually, saying no to the, the things that you... Yeah. What do they say? It should be a... If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. That's what it should be. A hell yes or a no completely. So yeah. How can people find out more? What's the web address? Are you on LinkedIn? Like what's your connections? Can you share that with everyone? Yeah, sure. So um, everywhere we're the Bureau Business Center. Mm -hmm. So on LinkedIn, that's the Bureau BC is our, our website. And then our Instagram is the Bureau AE. Very good. And then on LinkedIn, are you on LinkedIn? Yeah, it's just the Bureau Business Center. And on you LinkedIn. personally, I'm all about personal brands. Yeah, so it's um, Nikita Patel. Awesome. And your sister? Ria Patel. Awesome, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for coming on <laughs> Thank and you, sharing your story to where you are now. I wish you every success. It's a beautiful space and I just love that I can bring my clients together and do it in just a vibe that feels, you know, such good energy. So thank, thank you. you so much. Good vibes. <laughs> good vibes always. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is how more people can hear about the amazing stories and guests that we have on here. Even better, you can also share this on social media. Screenshot it and share it on your Instagram or on your Facebook or on your Twitter account. The more people that see these episodes, the more awareness it brings to small businesses and those that are trying to make an impact and difference. And if you want to know more about how you can develop your personal brand, then check out our new website, Brand New Creators, designed by our in-house team. And we are in the business of helping you to increase your online visibility, build industry authority, lead change, motivate and profit. Who doesn't want that? I look forward to speaking to you soon. Until next time. Bye.